Abundant Life Church. My name is Erin. I am the online campus pastor here at ALC, and it is always such a gift to be able to come up from Southern Oregon, where I reside, in order to bring the message. Now, if you were the type that likes to begin something at the beginning, you did it. We are in a brand new series called On Mission. And this is week one. And for those who have been with us uh, over the last year, you know it has been a difficult time for our church. In all fairness, it has been a difficult time for all churches everywhere as we navigate uh, providing a space for people to come and receive and worship from a God who is so loving and, and offers peace when there is fear. Has anyone needed that? Yeah, we all have. We've been wanting to provide this space while also navigating the law and weird restrictions. Never has there been a, a time quite like this. Now, in addition to those challenges, we have been uh, navigating a leadership transition that was huge and it was very, very hard. If you receive our ALC Family News, this is a newsletter that's sent out, uh, you know by our elders that they are narrowing down on candidates and they have invited us to pray alongside them this next couple weeks as they discern who God has to lead our church. If you do not receive those newsletters, I encourage you to go to alcpnw.com and register today in order to receive updates. Now, in addition to that huge search, our elders and staff have been in the process of answering the question and really re-evaluating who are we? Why do we exist? I'm talking we as Abundant Life Church, positioned where we're positioned, Damascus, Happy Valley, Sandy, Vancouver, Washington, online, why do we exist? And actually a leadership team was appointed and assigned the task of answering this question. And I'm gonna give you the answer, the, what they came up with, what this team narrowed in on. Here it is. ALC exists to inspire people to follow Jesus to love others, and to give ourselves for our neighbors. It's just exciting for me to say it, honestly, because I love that that is the heartbeat of this church. If you brought your Bibles, open them to Matthew 16, verse 24 to 28. This is where we are going to begin our morning. And while you're turning there, I'm gonna give a little more insight into this series. So you'll see there in, in that statement, ALC exists to inspire people. This community does not exist to guilt, manipulate, shame, coerce, intimidate, anyone into religion, not while we exist. No, quite the contrary. We exist to inspire people through relationship and connection with a God who loves you, sees you, pursues you. We have experienced the personal nature of a loving God who pours out his love and grace and goodness on us constantly. And it inspires me to want to live like him. It inspires me to want to follow Jesus, to love others, to give myself for my neighbors. Uh, whether you're a longtime attender or new, I encourage you to come 
Each of these three weeks, we'll be looking at what that means to follow Jesus, to love others, and to give ourselves for our neighbors. And today, we're going to be looking at following Jesus, which brings us to Matthew 16, verse 24 to 26. Hopefully, you are there to follow along. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If Jesus were not real, if I had not personally experienced his goodness, experienced his love and grace, fallen completely in love with the person of Jesus, I would not follow him. (laughs) Give up my own way? Yeah, right. Take up my cross? Surrender to the point of death? This isn't something you do. This isn't passive instruction on like, "Mm, being a Jesus follower. This is hard. This is challenging instruction. And it requires total buy-in, total loyalty, total commitment and devotion. Charles Spurgeon says this, you cannot be Christ's servant if you are not willing to follow him. Cross and all. What do you crave, a crown? Then it must be a crown of thorns if you are to be like him. Do you want to be lifted up? So you shall, but it will be upon a cross powerful. Speaking of crowns, uh, I was fitted for one a couple weeks ago, and no, it was not like a queen's crown so that my kids know to obey the words that I say. No, 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 no. It was a dental crown for a tooth that I had root canaled during COVID, and it has been a headache and annoying. Anyone who knows me knows that just me and the dentist were not friends. (laughs) It is something about going. I dread it. I could break into a full sweat right now thinking about it. Like, ugh, I don't want to. I know I'm not alone. One thing I will say about the dentist's chair. It is a magical place that eliminates any whiff of status a person may think they have acquired because everyone is drooling and looks ridiculous with their mouth open and their mouth numb. Do you want to wear a crown? May it be a crown of thorns, Spurgeon says. What does following Jesus mean? What is living out our love for him look like in practical terms? 1 John 2, verse 5 says, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So how did Jesus live? I have included some scripture that will pop up, some references on your screen. Uh, wherever you are watching from. Jot those down if you would like to be an overachiever and and do some homework this week. Sometimes I know I'm reading through something already in scripture, and sometimes I'm looking for like, what should I read this day or this week? 
All of these are from Matthew. There are many more uh, to drive home what I will share. Uh, but I encourage you at some point, even if it's just a few of these, if, if I say uh, you know, an element of Jesus's life that piques your curiosity or you want to read about more, just go to that verse this week. Be in scripture this week. So how did Jesus live? He was baptized. That's in Matthew 3. He welcomed interruption and made time for people. He ate with sinners, both of those you can see in Matthew 9. He healed the sick. There are a lot of chapters there uh, and many more, actually, if you are interested in, in seeing the healings performed by Jesus. He comforted the brokenhearted, the weary, the burdened, Matthew 11. He spoke truth and made disciples, chapter 4 and 28. He made time for children. Oh, go to Matthew 19 this week and see how people are bringing kids before him and the disciples are like, get these kids out of here. Jesus is doing ministry and they're in the way. And Jesus is like, let the children come to me. Oh, he prayed, he worshiped his father, chapter six and 26. He sacrificed for others. He ultimately gave his life in love for all. And you can go read Christ Crucified, Matthew 27. I love this quote by Timothy Keller. Jesus says, I want you to follow me so fully, so intensely, so enduringly that all other attachments in your life look weak by comparison. In Jesus' own words in John 12, verse 26, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. If we earnestly seek to please Jesus out of love, it can awaken a new understanding and deeper appreciation of the act that we're performing. When I initially chose to follow Jesus, it was because of a feeling that I had. I was a kid, and uh, I, I, it was like I knew like, I need Jesus. And I felt just tingles. I don't know how God speaks to you or how you experience him, but I felt like I was in his presence. I was at a youth camp and uh, gave him my life. I just said, I want to follow you, Jesus. And then every camp I went to after that, I prayed again. I want to follow you, Jesus. Help me. Come into my heart again was a thing that we prayed as if he had left. I wasn't like diligently focusing on following Jesus as a child, but anytime I felt that feeling, it was important. Now, it's been days and months and years since that time. And my, uh, the way that my, I live out my faith has changed. The way that I experience Jesus uh, has, has changed. See, more often than not, instead of a feeling day-to-day uh, -day following Jesus is a decision that I make with my mind, that I then follow up with my actions, that inevitably change my feelings and transform my heart. Our decisions and our actions can lead us into a different way of thinking or feeling, and so it is with the example of following Jesus. Following Jesus changes us inwardly, and helps us become in our hearts what we are doing with 
our hands. Five years ago, uh, maybe a little more than that, my husband and I um, felt the calling on our lives to be foster parents. And we made the decision with our minds to engage in the process, to begin taking courses, to, to call DHS, to, to find out what that entailed. With our hands, we very practically opened our home to an infant that we have since adopted into a, as a permanent member of our family. We had a foster daughter who was with us for almost a year and went back and is thriving living with her biological mom. And more recently, we have opened our home to a four-year-old boy and two-year-old girl, brother and sister, who will likely be with us for the next year. My husband and I take James chapter 1, verse 27, about pure and genuine religion, uh, meaning opening your, your heart and home and caring for the orphans. Just take it really literally, and so we've made that choice. And then with our hands, we've acted out, and it has transformed our hearts immeasurably. The most frequent comment that we get when people see our six kids unloading from the car is, you must be Mormon, which is funny. And then they find out that we're foster parents. And the most common thing that we hear when people learn we are foster parents is, you are better people than me. I could never do that. It's even often in love, like, oh, you're angels. Please hear me. We are not better than anyone. And quite frankly, we couldn't do it either. It is only by the calling on our life, the grace and love that God has poured out on us, we get frustrated we have conflict, lose our patience, have selfish moments, have to apologize to each other, have to apologize to the kids. We could never do it either, is something that I may have said. And yet here we are. We said yes, but God goes before us and he equips us with what we need every day. When you sacrifice and say yes to God, he will give you what you need. He'll multiply the reward. Beyond a blessing, you can even see this side of heaven. Earlier in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21 is one of my favorite verses. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, why do I love this verse? It reminds me of my humanness, that I desire treasure, and I've experienced temporary pleasures of this world. Let me tell you, it's pretty great. Also, it doesn't last. Here are some pictures of the home that we moved out of last year. We purchased the home, foreclosed a few years prior, and beautifully renovated it renovated it, thinking it would be our home for the next 10 years. Then COVID. <laughs> was living in a beautifully renovated mansion fun? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Was it temporary? Also, yes. We recently went to Mexico, and let me tell you, I felt like 
royalty with all the treasure a person could ask for sitting on that beach. We went to Cancun and oh, the water was so clear and it was so beautiful. And someone came up to me like every hour asking if I needed anything. And every time my answer was the same. Si, por favor, carne asada tacos, gracias. And then tacos would come. All the most delicious carne asada, carne asada tacos would come and it was wonderful. Was room service amazing? Yes. Was it awesome to not change a diaper for a week? Yes. Also, was it temporary? Yes. Here are some pictures of treasures that are lasting. Loving these little people yields a reward that is timeless. Following Jesus means dying to myself every day. It's hard feels like I am folding a million loads of laundry and picking up a million toys and reading a million books. The bath time routine situation, the bedtime stories, it's a lot. Make no mistake, following Jesus is hard and messy and I literally fall into bed every night. See, here's the thing about kids. They can be real annoying. Can I get an amen? Are you allowed to amen kids are annoying in church? That feels terrible, but like maybe just discreetly like nudge the person next to you because you all know what I'm talking about. They're hard sometimes. This is a picture of four of my six in time out at the same time for different reasons. They're the worst. <laughs> and the best, and the worst. <laughs> when our foster son tells me he loves me and that he wants to live at my house for a really long time and that he's so happy that he's safe, how can I not cry tears of gratitude and joy that I get to partner in the messy work of loving kids I didn't birth? This is not a story about me. It's a story of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of a loving father. Uh, following Jesus, it entails both obeying his teachings and in imitating his example. And even still obeying and imitating our means to a greater end, right? That greater end is that we become more and more like Jesus. So the image of God is increasingly restored in our life. As I conform my actions to be Christ-like, it changes my attitude and perspective and transforms my heart. Uh, from the Apostle Peter, we read in chapter 2, verse 21 to 24, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are 
healed. We are called to do good, and doing good may cost us something. It's not an instruction to be perfect. It's an encouragement to follow the one who is perfect as he invites you in to partnering with him. Thomas Tarns III at the C.S. Lewis Institute says, the goal of discipleship is to become like Jesus himself, to think as he thought, to feel as he felt, to act as he acted and desire what he desired. So where can you start? A key part of the process of following and becoming like Jesus is gaining a clearer knowledge and understanding of him as he's presented to us in scriptures. This is why I, I gave you all those scripture references. Go, see, uh, who is Jesus? What did he do? How did he live? And as we immerse our minds and hearts in the gospels, uh, if you do that homework, looking up those passages, two major defining characteristics of his life will st stand out with striking clarity, and that is faith and love. Jesus lived with an unshakable trust in his heavenly Father, a wholehearted love for God and others. If we want to become like Jesus, faith and love must become defining characteristics of our lives too. So what does that mean for you? How can you live a life of faith? What does saying yes to following Jesus mean for you today? Maybe you have never decided to follow Jesus. Uh, and, and if that's you, I want to invite you right now. God sees you. He made you. He knows you. He knows your past, what you've done. He knows who you are right now sitting in that chair, and he loves you. He desires that you follow him, that you invite him in. Maybe you've been following Jesus a long time, and he's asking you to do something hard, something uncomfortable, something inconvenient. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was fit for a crown at the dentist and uh, wanted to tell a little story following up. If anyone who has had this process done, you get fit for your, your permanent crown, but it, it takes some time to come in, so you get a temporary crown in the meantime to make sure that your teeth don't shift for when the permanent crown comes. Now that you have had this whole dental lesson, Four days after my temporary crown was on, I chewed some dried cherries, which were delicious and popped off the crown. So I reached out to my dentist saying, I'm so sorry. I know you told me no like sweet, chewy things, but oops, um, this happened. Can I come in next week? And he was like, no, we actually need you to come in today because we don't want your teeth to shift at all. And I'm like, it's four o'clock. I'm home with all six kids. Uh, he's like, do you know when your husband's going to be home? I'm like, um, he just went to a cornhole tournament with his friend. And when I asked him how long he thought he'd be, he said, I don't know, Air. I'm playing to win. So not by the time the dental office was going to close. About 10 minutes later, I get a knock on my door. It is our dentist's wife who is there to watch my children. And shortly behind her is uh, the dentist with his dry mix materials in my living room, putting together the temporary cement and, and, and performs this re-gluing in the comfort of my living room after providing me childcare. My dentist is better than your dentist, sorry. Okay, uh, another story I wanna tell is my mom. She always asks to see my notes ahead of time. She is a spiritual mentor uh, of mine and I 
love her dearly and she's such an encouragement to me. After reading through, she told me she felt really convicted and that she wanted to look for ways that day that she could follow Jesus. Uh, not in the, in the grand sense of follow him, like she's been following him for years, but like today, right now, where's the opportunity, Lord, show me. Well, her friend reaches out for prayer because her daughter was in the hospital and she was going back to work and she had her grandkids. And my mom, instead of saying, I'll pray for you, she said, I'll pray for you. And how can I help? And that day, all day, she had uh, that grandchild and was able to provide a support to that friend. Why do I tell these stories? Following Jesus looks different for everyone. For our family, it looks like opening our home to kids who need a safe place in transition. For this dentist, it looked like inconveniencing his Friday night to use his skill and expertise to help a mom of six. A lot on my plate. And he is a Jesus follower, and he blessed me that night. For my mom, it looked like inviting a young person to do her distance learning next to her, loving on her uh, during a, a stressful time for her friend. What could it look like for you? Forgiving a person who's wronged you? A career change? Financially supporting an organization? Volunteering? Maybe it looks like doing more. Maybe it looks like not doing or doing less. Maybe following Jesus means saying no and clearing your schedule and sitting in reverent awe, worshiping your heavenly Father to grab a card in the seat back in front of you if you don't have one already. The band is going to close out our time with a brand new song. Uh, I wanna read some of these lyrics to you now. Just listen to these before they come up and play. Narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every piece. I hear you call, I am available. I say yes, Lord, I am available. As you listen to these words, I encourage you to lean into what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you, what Jesus may be personally inviting you into. Write on this card a prayer. No one else is gonna see it, it's just for you, it's just for God. What do you believe God might be inviting you into? How do you believe Jesus is asking you to follow him with your life, with today, and express to him an earnest prayer, an authentic prayer of, uh, of maybe brutal honesty. I don't wanna do it. It feels scary, it feels hard. He desires genuine relationship with us. Be honest with him. Ask for help in following him, especially on the hard days. During this song, uh, I pray that it is a time of blessing and reflection. And, and if you end up saying, I don't even know what he's asking, I hope you know that he loves you. And I pray that at the very least, um, you can sit in the goodness of his love today. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for being good. Thank you for being alive and present with us, accessible to us. 
It is such a joy and honor to follow you, Jesus. I have been inspired. Thank you for inspiring me. I pray that those listening today have uh, been inspired and maybe re-inspired, Lord, to look to how they may serve you, honor you, bring glory to you with their lives. God, if someone is listening and they have never decided to follow you, I pray right now that they feel your presence, that they feel seen. God, that they would pray this prayer. I have sinned and I fall short of your glory. God, thank you for seeing me and knowing me and loving me still. Thank you for the gift of your salvation. I acknowledge, receive, accept that gift and I wanna follow you today and tomorrow and with my life. And I don't even know what that looks like or means fully, but help me, Lord. Guide me and show me what it looks like to follow you. And God, for those who have been uh, believers for a long time, following you, Jesus, with their lives, maybe they've been distracted, busy, overwhelmed with, with fear, uh, busyness, whatever it is that the COVID season has brought upon them, Lord, may they refocus their gaze on you. And as they hear this song sung over them, God, that they would agree with saying yes, with being available for you. We love you, Jesus, and it is an honor to follow you. Amen.
Nothing is a sacrifice 